0: The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 and a chance to win a million bucks. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Yes, ring the bell on what should be a very entertaining fight weekend in terms of the 154-pound undisputed championship. All four world title belts are on the line. Jermell Charlo, Brian Castaño, scheduled 12-rounder. San Antonio, the Alamo City, the Riverwalk. They're back in San Antonio at the home of the Spurs, the AT&T Center, for that huge showdown. Saturday night, Showtime Boxing, PBC. We're looking forward to talking lots about it right here on this very program i am the somewhat competent somewhat capable somewhat rested host of the program i have enlisted great help momentarily you will hear from senior writer bigfightweekend.com mr marquis johns shuttle boxing over in the red corner in the blue corner also joining me shortly from newyorkfights.com gonna be great to welcome back abe gonzalez abraham abe gonzalez he's abe to us Uh, Well, at least we are being presumptuous that he's Abe to us. Abe is back here on the podcast and ready to impart some wisdom about this Charlo Castaño fight. We're going to talk Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder mess, first of all, before we get to the fight this weekend with Marquise and with Abe momentarily. Let me remind you that however you found this podcast – via a social media link if you found us through the sports gambling podcast their network of shows or sportsgamblingpodcast.com, what do you need to do subscribe 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 apple podcast spotify google podcast wherever you get podcasts subscribe big fight weekend automatically dings on your device usually friday morning in the preview mode if you are subscribed you don't have to wait for any of the other social media links or any of that stuff, you get us automatically if you subscribe. And again, if the fights are big enough, if the news is big enough, we will come back off the weekend, recap podcast, etc. If you are subscribed, the podcast automatically shows up on your device. You'll get the ding, you'll get the notification. But again, typically we're here Friday mornings headed into Friday night and the weekend previewing the fights. All right. I have done all I can do to promote. Let's bring them in. Let's say, first of all, hello to Marquise Johns, fresh off of trying to catch home run balls in the home run Derby on Monday night in Denver, in the outfield. Didn't I see you with a glove trying to check down like a Shohei Otani or a Pete Alonso home run out in Denver week sauce radio. How you doing?
1: Pretty good, TJ, and thank goodness the All-Star weekend is over because if not, Pete Alonzo would still be hitting home runs in the home run derby. That guy was unconscious on Monday,
0: dear so Lord. So you were not <laughs> – you want to confirm you were not out there in the outfield with uh, all of those kids and other people trying to catch uh, outs instead of home runs, right? That was not you. I did not correctly see you.
1: No, if I want to get trampled by kids in the outfield, I'll, I'll just go to your neighborhood little league park and I'll go from there. There's no, there we of getting out there.
0: <laughs> so he's in the mile high city. He's ready to talk some boxing and here he is. I love the insight from newyorkfights.com. Abraham Gonzalez oh. back with us. I don't know if he was a power hitter, left-handed, right-handed uh, switch hitting power hitter or not back in the day, but Abe is aboard on the big fight weekend podcast. How you feeling, sir? Gentlemen, how are you
2: doing? Uh, Thank you for having me back once again. Love doing this, man. Appreciate it.
0: All right. So we've got lots to mix up and get to. I promise Jermel Charlo, Brian Castaño is going to be a big topic. It's the main reason why we've got Abe on. Abe's got an interesting theory, too, that if Charlo goes undisputed, who his biggest opponent of 2022 might end up being. He's been saying that to us before (laughs) and is still sticking to it. So stand by lots on that. We cannot... We cannot, a third time, we cannot begin this podcast without talking about the latest in the mess with Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, and the postponement of the fight scheduled for next weekend, originally now, July 24th. It has now been confirmed and rescheduled for October 9th, since last we were up on the podcast. All right, we wrote about this as the podcast is being released, that that they've officially announced the reschedule. But here's the thing. Tyson Fury is out in public midweek in Las Vegas without a mask on. Uh, Allegedly supposed to be quarantining with the COVID-19 virus, and there he is out in public. So I have some things to say, but guests first. Marquise, you, and then Abe. Marquise, your reaction to what is only fueling speculation that there was more going on than him just being COVID-19 positive with this fight getting moved. Go ahead, Marquise. It's got to be,
1: TJ, because if he's outside, you know, doing headshots for a COVID Chevrolet or wherever the hell that dealership is in Las Vegas, <laughs> uh, another random shenanigans. It makes you wonder a little bit, guys. He didn't want the spike to begin with, I'm convinced. And, and more and more, they keep pushing it back. It's being pushed back now to October. I, I just think we're just delaying the inevitable here, guys, where this is one of those things where it's like, hey, if we set it and forget it, like those Ronco knives and stuff, then maybe it'll just go away. But unfortunately, this is the heavyweight division in boxing, guys. So we're going to have to come up with something real quick and a little more responsible than what's been going on with all this. And it, The whole process of this whole thing has just been bizarre, where it's like we haven't heard anything from Sherry. We've gotten generic press release statements. We've heard the cancellation first. We heard the cancellation through a – for all 15 people who saw the Manny Pacquiao press conference this past weekend. I mean, what are we doing here, guys? It's, it's, it's a mess.
0: Abe. Uh, all right. Speak your piece here because uh, again, we haven't heard from you on the podcast about this and there was, there was fury seemingly fine the week before the fight out in public. What do you make of the mess and the postponement?
2: Um, It's, it's interesting. Right. And, and I saw, saw some guys that are some really heavy ticket buyers when it comes to these events and they were they were posting you know uh, maps of the venue showing a, a lot of empty seats mm-hmm. i mean uh, you know uh, uh, yeah a lot of empty seats people weren't really buying tickets like that um so you have that then you have the fact that tyson fury kind of dances to the beat of his own drum if he's not feeling it then he's not feeling it and everyone else just has to you know, kind of go along with what he's doing and he might just not been feeling it. And maybe he's got other stuff. Uh, You know, SummerSlam is happening in August. So um, we may see Tyson Fury in SummerSlam in August. Uh, I would not be surprised at that, especially since it's going to be in Vegas. Yeah, but
0: here's, here's where I come down and I came down hard last week and I'm doubling down on this. This is idiot Hall of Fame stuff. It was irresponsible in the first place for him to not be vaccinated. Okay, if you're not going to be vaccinated, then you got to be testing the people around you so this doesn't happen. But you're only, again, to use the phrase fueling speculation that there were other motives, lack of ticket sales, or maybe he wasn't really in good shape, wasn't really focused, and realized I have a really good chance of losing. But all of that. Uh, is not completely up to you to just sabotage the July 24th date without any repercussions here. What I said last week still stands. The guy is a clown. And if what Marquise is hinting at is that the clown has no intention of even fighting in October, then maybe we ought to save the trouble and go ahead and strip him of the belt and let Deontay Wilder fight somebody else and let Tyson Fury figure out if it's going to be another year or two, like before with Klitschko, et cetera, et cetera. Thoughts, boys, Marquise, thoughts on that?
1: yeah tj it's one of those things where at some point the sanctioning body is going to actually have to do some work around here i mean even the wba told manny pacquiao no so at some point marcio when the fine folks at the wbc when they're not making bridge weight interim titles has to step in in this division and do some work here and it's 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 really interesting guys with this whole thing shaking down like this where it's like we've we've been hearing for years you know the return of the heavyweight division everything's coming back all of this and we still only have Anthony Joshua and Kubat pull up the show for it, guys. It's like, what are we doing here? Okay, maybe if you feel frisky, because Gail Falkenfall yelled at me about this the other day. Uh, okay, we throw in Angie Louise and Gary Lowe if you feel frisky enough. But at the end of the day, that's two fights and there's 500 of weights. We need more than this.
2: <laughs> not Not only that, but, you know, we're talking about, you know, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, right? Like, that's the mega fight that we want to see. Uh Um, But the way this is going, we're we're not going to see that anytime soon. And to be honest with you, I would not be surprised if between now and October, there's a injury that happens. And I use them air quotes that there's an injury Mm -hmm. and they push this fight even further back. Um, I don't, I'm not so sure that it happens in October.
0: But I think, I mean, at this point, you got to protect Deontay Wilder because the judge, the arbitrator already enforced all of this. And if Tyson Fury doesn't have interest in fighting him again, just trip him. You're no longer the heavyweight champion of anything. Lineal, uh, nuclear, uh, you know, uh, pay, pay 1995 for the Ginsu steak knives like Marquise. Mm-hmm uh put out there and Deontay Wilder is going to fight somebody else whether it's Dillian White or whomever and that's going to be the WBC heavyweight championship fight again because you're being unfair to him at this point for how long this has gone on so in any event uh the last chapters are not written here it is interesting because in talking with a couple of people that Marquise and I have become acquainted with in and around and doing this talking to Vegas people they were concerned that the lack of Brits being able to fly in July with the whole no-fly thing and the COVID-19 and the travel ban was affecting some of the ticket sales and the interest. And that was another possible reason why this suddenly has a COVID problem and can't come off. But I don't know that that's going to be any better in October. Who can predict the future right now on, on the travel ban and how many of them can can come this way. So I don't know. All right. So one more time around the room, just so that we, we have fun and get on the record in July. Marquise Fury Wilder three happening or not happening in October prediction.
1: Not at all. TJ. Uh, once we find wow. out Fury's on this plane back to back to England at some point next week, I don't think he's coming back the rest of the year guys. Cause they're not going to be the way things are shaking down. I don't, I just don't see it happening.
0: <laughs> Abe
2: prediction. I'm going to say minus 500. That it does not happen
0: wow <laughs> you guys man you're ruining like my evening here <laughs> that i wanted this fight and i'm am i gonna get deontay wilder dillian white instead eventually at the end of the rainbow here like in january or february you gotta be kidding me no we're gonna get the, be kidding
1: me. we're gonna get i, I i'm convinced honestly teach that the wbc is on a mission to troll dillian white for as long as he's in the rankings i'm i'm convinced that we're <laughs> going be to somebody get somebody else I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking we're getting somebody else i thinking we're getting the great
0: charles martin or or whatever oh.
1: whatever or oscar Rebos or whatever is in the, the ranking list at this point it's not what we want but it's going to be whatever right. it is
0: <laughs> okay so enough on that subject let's get to the uh the main course which is the showtime pbc main event undisputed uh four belt world welterweight uh world junior middleweight championship fight 154 pounds um, and with Jermell Charlo defending his three titles against WBO champion, Brian Castaño undisputed title. We love these. We got one of these with Josh Taylor beating Jose Ramirez back about 60 days ago in Las Vegas for the junior welterweight four belts and the undisputed championship. Now we have it this weekend. Abe to you first is as, as our guest. This, this is the biggest fight for the remainder of the month, anywhere, anywhere on this continent, the UK or whatever. How excited are you and what do you think about this as we head to the weekend?
2: I absolutely love this fight. This is an undisputed crown I don't understand why everyone is not as excited and as enthusiastic as us three are. This is a huge fight. We're talking about undisputed junior middleweight title fight. You have Jamel Charlo. You know that has the ring magazine and the the, the three belts, and then you got Castano who has the WBO. This is uh, you know styles make fights. Castano is built like a tank. He's short but stocky. Jamel Chalo, you know he's gonna come in, you know head hunting, and and it's just it's it the styles make fights. They're made for each other. It's gonna be it's gonna be bombs away. Uh, I just love this fight, but you know we can get into it more in a little bit.
0: Yeah, And sure we can get into it with you right now. Marquise and I are going to spend a lot of time on it as we go along. And we want more of your analysis uh, here right away. Uh, Let's just come at it from uh, the tactical, the strategic. We know Jamel Charlo, big puncher. We know Brian Castanio, very dominant uh, with volume punching, beating Patrick Teixeira and taking the WBO belt from him the last time out. Abe, what do you believe tactically, strategically, this fight will come down to a key or two?
2: For Castaño, it's going to be important that he pushes back Jamel Charlo. You know, is real physical with him, is in his chest, uh, is pounding the body, is smart with how he positions his, his, himself when, uh, when he is uh, about to receive the punches. If he can do that, um, I think that Jamel Charlo will have a hard time fighting backwards and um and won't you know won't be as effective as as he normally is you know with Jamel Charlo he cannot he cannot do what he did with the first Harrison fight uh, Tony Harrison fight and just head hunt uh, one thing I mentioned to him and you know he uh, after the second fight and uh, Jamel Charlo kind of you know uh, he did, he didn't like that I brought it up but I mentioned to him on the post fight that he he did not he, he stood away from hitting the body on Tony Harrison on the first fight, which costed him the fight. On the second fight, if you watch it, he sp- specifically uh, focused on that body punch, on those body punches. And even Tony Harrison told me, hey, you know, when he hit me with that first body punch, I was like, ouch, that really hurt. And he told me that specifically. So because he made that switch, he was, he was able to, to land those big bombs to the head later on, and he was able to, to capture the title again. Now with Castaño, he's gonna have to do that. He's gonna have to break down Castano. is built like a tank. I don't think that just going to the head is going to be uh the way he wins this fight. I don't I don't think he's gonna win by knockout either. I, I think that this fight goes 12 rounds. Interesting. Um Jamel Charlo wins, but it's gonna be tough. I think Castaño is gonna be in his chest all night and and he's gonna force the action. It's gonna be interesting to see if Jamel Charlo can. Fight going backwards or reposition himself to where he's in the best place to land those big bombs.
0: That's the voice of Abe Gonzalez, Abraham Gonzalez. You find him on social media at Abe G718, Abe G718 on Twitter. You also find him at New York Fights.com, Michael Woods's site, he and Woodsy uh, and all the other writers that are there that chop it up. We love. Uh, His insight. Uh, Marquise, what what do you make? I know you and I are going to talk much more about strategy and our predictions, but what, what do you make there of Abe's point that Charlo to the body is one thing to watch, not just early, but as this fight wears on, is he trying it? Is he sticking with it? How big of a key do you think that is Marquise?
1: Oh, Bert TJ, that is the key, and Abe's right on this. It, it, I'm going to point you guys to the last fight uh, Jamel had against uh, Jaelson Rosario. That body shot to end that fight is still one of the wickedest things I've ever seen. I've, and, and thankfully, uh Rosario's okay. I think. I mean, he hasn't recovered uh, recently from it after facing Lubin either. But man, he it, it's, it's it's one of those shots where if, if it's a this is a dedicated attack to the body, as Abe mentioned. I I also don't think this fight goes the distance. However, though, I think this fight one way or another. I, I think Jamel. Re- runs into one and he catches Kastani with something. And this is ending over like somewhere like the six or six, seven, eight, eight round personally.
0: Marquise on the record already that he thinks it will be a, uh, a KO. Uh, we'll talk more about that. He and I a little later on here in the podcast on the prediction yeah. part of it. And we'll look at the odds, etc for our buddies at sports dot Couple more for Abe here on this. Um, you have had the belief you have shared with us that if Jermell Charlo gets to undisputed status and if Terrence Crawford becomes a free agent, which it appears that he is about to be, uh, he will have one more fight. It looks like for top rank by October or in October. And then his deal is up. You have, you have been uh, playing the trumpet for Crawford moves up to 154 and fights Jermell Charlo. And we bow to you if that is, in fact, what is going to transpire. But this is a big step in that. If Jermell wins this and has all the belts, that is a massively interesting fight. And how much more do you believe now, Abe, that that can become a reality in 2022?
2: Man, I really believe that because he's the WBO champ. And so what happens is if you're the WBO champ and you want to go up to 154, you get the first crack. And so if he truly wants that fight and wants that uh, undisputed being uh, undisputed twice in two different weight classes, that's a big deal. That's a bigger accomplishment than fighting Spence to be honest with you. Um, and so I think that that is there for him. However, with this Bob Aram pushing the narrative of him going to overseas and fighting Josh Taylor in the spring, that might end up derailing those plans. I still believe, though, that that happens. If not, then we get Crawford versus Spence at 154 sometime in 2022.
0: Interesting. And Spence obviously has the large one with Pacquiao uh, that is coming here. And who knows if he and Crawford are ever going to fight um, or not at welterweight or otherwise. And again, for Jamel Charlo, the argument would be, who else is there at 154? There's a lot of talk that he might move up. Uh, and Marquise, the way that I will put it to you, Abe's had that theory out there. Do you believe that Charlo waits around, Crawford willing to make a deal with PBC would be more interested in making that fight with Jamel Charlo as undisputed champion? I mean, I know we're giving, we're giving him the four-belt win Saturday night already, but under that assumption... Do you believe that this is really realistic here, Crawford and Jermell Charlo at 154, or is it more likely that Jermell looks to move up and Jamal moves up from middleweight trying to chase the Canelo Alvarez fairy tale?
1: You know what? I, I, I might I'm actually willing to wait and see to see if Jamal Jamal moves up actually because I really do believe that's going to happen and it's going to start a chain reaction out of all of this. If, if Charlo wins this weekend, I do think he moves up personally because I don't think he wants to hang around for, to. Uh, because at this point, if, if, if Crawford's there for him, outside of Crawford, we're going get Tony Harrison 3. I mean, Erickson Lubin 2. I mean, I don't think Charlo wants these fights. So I think he moves up after if, if, if it's not Crawford. Tim, that, that's
0: Zoo, Tim Zoo might be interesting from Australia, but he, we've talked last week on the podcast, and we've done frequently on the podcast in writing this. He's going to have to come out of Australia. Jermell Charlo is yeah. not going to Australia to fight him. That would be interesting uh, as a contender. Not as interesting as Crawford moving up if that yeah. is the case. One more for Abe before he departs as we roll along on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. This, I mean, I know it's the junior middleweight division, but I mean, we we have great affection, Marquise and I, for Winky Wright. Winky Wright yeah. had all of the belts uh, back in the day in the junior middleweight uh, division. When you look at the likes of Oscar De La Hoya, uh, Floyd Mayweather that have been junior middleweight world champion, you know, may, maybe weren't undisputed champion, but then you go all the way back, to fighters like Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, and Thomas Hearns that were all junior middleweight world champions. If Jermell can get this win, that is some elite company to be mentioned with, especially as an undisputed 154-pound champion in terms of legacy. Right, Abraham? Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. and. You know what? As as Birdman once said, you
2: have to put some respect on his name. And that's what a <laughs> you know, <laughs> this guy would have earned everyone's respect in the sense of top 10, pound for pound, all of those things. You have to give it to him. He's going to demand it. You have to give it to him if he does that.
0: All right. So we'll see if that is the case. Abe, go ahead and plug away for NewYorkFights.com what you are working on, what you are up to. We, we always love your insight. Tell the fans more about what they can read about you and what else you got going on.
2: Yes. Yeah, so I recently did a couple of pieces. I did one on Coach Joe Higgins uh, that is now training uh, the Marine Corps amateur boxing team in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, where I'm stationed at. Nice. So that one is out there. Uh, I did one on uh, a check-in on Michael Kofi uh, for the Fourth of July. He's got a big fight coming up against um, the the native Gerald vet, Washington. Uh, Earl Washington. Gerald Washington. Yep. And then um, and then I have a call with uh, Jose Uskatagi here in about twenty minutes, so I'm gonna <laughs> do a, a feature with him and uh, and kind of see how that's going. Uh, but I wanted to drop one real quick on you guys. Uh, All right. You know, you know we're just kind of kind of going here, but. The tail female situation. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I I know that this wasn't one of the topics that we discussed, but I feel like there's there's something there. Yeah. So I don't believe that the tail female fight with Cambosas happens at all. This was something that I kind of already had a feeling that it's not going to happen at all. We're going to get Lopez Loma next. We're going to get that. But keep in mind the dark horse in this whole situation and that's Ryan Garcia. Because if Cambosas doesn't fight Teofimo Lopez and Oscar De La Jolla has those golden boy dates on Triller that he has contracted, look for Ryan versus Cambosas for the vacant IBF title.
0: This man is calling Boom. his shot right here. I like that. <laughs> hmm. um, I, I, we put this out there uh, through social media, didn't really write about it. And I don't know that I actually talked about it on the podcast but if you're Triller and the Triller app and the Triller Fight Club, and you have drastically overpaid, which we now know, for the Teofimo-Lopez-George Kambosos fight by more than double what anybody else offered. And further, the fight has now been delayed a couple of times, including the most recent time, because Teofimo-Lopez, not unlike Tyson Fury the undisputed lightweight champion, doesn't take precautions, isn't vaccinated, doesn't have vaccination people around him or at least COVID testing around him, and you get the fight postponed, if you're Triller and you want out of the fight, and Marquise is smiling because he knows where this is going, Mm -hmm. and you want out of the fight and you you don't want to have to pay Teofimo Lopez or Cambosis and you want the contract to be off, what might you do? You might suggest, okay, Teofimo, you got to come to Australia. Speaking of come to Australia to fight cambosis because we say so, and we're paying you the three and a half million dollars. And then we wait for like Hulk Hogan hand of the year. Cause I know it's an audio podcast, the Hulkster hand of the year. Oh, wait a minute. What is that? You don't want to come to Australia. Okay. Wipe the hands. Now we don't have to pay you three and a half million and we can do something else with someone else with that money. I'm just sliding that out there that it was, to me, it was a rather obvious public chess move by Triller here. How do we get out of this? How do we get extracted out of this situation? We make Teofimo Lopez quit and give up the, the quest to get the money from us now that the fight's postponed by saying, hey, you gotta come to Australia to have the fight. Abe, you're buying my conspiracy theory. Oh, I'm giving you one
2: better. I know somebody that lives in Australia. And they and they are already passing over there that uh, they're looking to do another lockdown in Australia.
0: Ooh. Well, right, we've so, seen that in recent in the last recent couple of weeks. So you so theoretically you couldn't have this with people from the United States, et cetera, trying to come in, because by lockdown you would mean if they come in they're going into a ten day, fourteen day automatic quarantine where you stay in a hotel room. You're not training somewhere else, and who's going to do that in the in the boxing world no in a training camp? No, <laughs> yeah, who's doing that? So stay tuned. Again, Abe's prediction is it ends up Ryan Garcia fighting Cambosis. but but of course, Marquise, we know this. Everybody wants a Ryan Garcia fight, and Ryan Garcia fight, you know, wants a fight with Tank Davis and wants a fight with Manny Pacquiao. Everybody's chasing that golden goose right now, Garcia.
1: You know what they are, TJ? But it's one of those things that makes a lot more sense if you figure figure out since since Ryan Garcia, you know, with, with his mental illness or whatever reason, he got out of that Javier Fortuna fight, needs a fight now. I mean, he's going to sit and ramble about Tank Davis to the, to the heavens. That fight's not happening this year. So why not Cambosis for this random IBF belt? I mean, guys, it's, at the end of the day, we're talking about an IBF mandatory here. I mean, these belts are found in garbage cans all over the place. I mean, I have not heard one thing about Kid Galahad and Jazzy Dickens too. That's supposed to take place at the end of the month, and that's just waiting for the taking, as you all know. So, sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that that play out. It actually makes a lot more sense. I'm thinking at scale, the end of the scale. All the-
0: right, wait a minute. Scale of one to ten. Lopez, yeah. Cambosis, ten. It absolutely happens. One, no shot that it happens. Marquise, your number.
1: I'm going with two at this point because I think Lopez, Loma two. happens at this point.
0: And Abe sounds like he might be a two or a three at, or a
2: one. What are you? I'm, like? at, I'm at a two. I'm at it too. We, we get Lopez Loma at the Madison Square Garden before anything. How
0: about that? Yeah. All right. And again, this man writing all about it, newyorkfights.com. Follow him, Abe G718 on Twitter for Abe Gonzalez, Abraham Gonzalez. Thank you for hanging with us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, mixing it up as we've talked about all things Fury, Wilder, the Jamel, Charlo, Brian, Castanho fight this weekend, even a little lightweight uh, picture and what might happen there. Abe, thank you. We appreciate you hanging with us. Thank you, you guys. Thank you for having me again. There he goes. We thank Abe Gonzalez one more time for being with us. We've got more on the way about the Charlo Castanio undisputed junior middleweight world championship fight in San Antonio still to come. Marquise Johns is going to hang with me. We'll even go over the gambling odds and much more as we roll on. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet, bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports, and games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today. You'll receive a special offer for up to $500 risk-free on a sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. And download the app today. Again, that's WYNNBet.com. And we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on the NBA championship and the Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors on PropSwap. If you see a ticket you like, but think the price is too high, submit a bid for the price that you think is fair, and then buy it. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of the button, and PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket should be worth. Last week, a PropSwap customer sold a $500, 40-to-1 Phoenix Suns championship ticket, for $16,000 after the Suns went up to nothing in the finals. That's a 30 times return for the seller and adjusted odds of minus 400 for the buyer when every sports book in the country has the Suns at least minus 500 to win the series at that point. That's how it works. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Kind of think of it like the stock market, but for sports betting. Use our promo code SGP and your first deposit is for up to $500 in bonus cash. $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. That's PropSwap. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. We're back on Big Bite Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Indeed, we are back in once more here on the only stop you need in terms of boxing for whatever is going on, not just in the U.S. I mean, we should make mention that we recap, preview, talk about whatever's going on in the U.K. uh, or in Europe, whatever's going on in Australia, the Far East, not just uh, in the U.S. We write about it on BigFightWeekend.com and we talk as much as we can, including in the historical perspective uh, about it here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Marquise John, senior writer, Big Fight Weekend podcast, back in uh, with me here. We did uh, we love the insight of Abe Gonzalez. And check out all of his work again at uh, newyorkfights.com, nyfights.com. And there are fights coming back to New York, really, for the first time uh, since the COVID-19 shutdown, the subsequent pandemic, and not being able to have fans last fall, uh, this winter. They're all going to bring some fights back into the New York market over the course of the next few weeks, few months. So that's good to to ramp things back up in what has traditionally been one of the iconic places, not just the garden, but in New York, New York city, surrounding in the New York city area, Atlantic city, et cetera. It has not been the same to not have, uh, the Northeast, the NYC involved Marquise. I know you share that with me.
1: Absolutely TJ. And thankfully, uh, Fred Hersey, the fine folks at Triller, they're having this uh their their versus series kickoff at, at the uh, Hulu portion of the Madison Square Garden uh, next month in August, and I, I was skeptical at first, TJ, thinking, okay, another Triller fight announcement, yeah, sure, whatever. But they have as part of it the rap battle of for versus of the Locks versus Dipset, and I am all in for that, and so is the rest <laughs> of New York City because TJ, this because TJ, let's be honest, TJ, Michael Hunter versus Mike White, Delight Johnson, uh, Mike White, yuck. But this rap battle. D- right. it's already so it's already sold out the hulu feeder by the way tj well, so and that's what let, and let's
0: let's get back to what we were talking about with abe gonzalez and i promise we'll get back into charlo castaño which is the biggest fight undisputed junior middleweight world championship fight showtime pbc saturday night san antonio texas we'll get to that in short order again we were already talking about it some with abe gonzalez but when he was mentioning about lopez cambosis and the whole thing this has this has become a soap opera and has sidetracked what Triller wanted to do with music and that fight. They had to cancel everything because Lopez got COVID-19. They don't know when they can put it back in. Again, in the case of Oscar De La Hoya, De La Hoya is going to fight allegedly on September the 14th in Las Vegas. There had been talk they would put the Lopez-Cambosis fight on that card together for the big interest with the music. And apparently that's not going to happen either for the Lopez fight, but the music component along with the De La Hoya exhibition with the former uh, MMA star Vitor Belfort is his name, a former light heavyweight uh, champion in UFC. Mm-hmm. That, that is what Triller's selling card is. That's why this whole thing about go to Australia for Lopez Kambosis. I am I'm just seeing right through that. That is a tactical, big-time chess move, uh, aggressive move on, we're trying to get out of this fight completely. And we know that Teofimo Teofimo will balk, will vacate the title, and won't have the fight, and then we don't have to pay him. I'm I'm coming back to that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, TJ. And that's that's pretty much boxing strategy 101. And I want to piggyback off that as well. Uh, Lopez's attorney uh, made uh, someone think I think, think Coventry tweeted this at some point during the day. So it's half true. So it's got to be half true, right? Uh, one of the things is that his attorney filed a letter for default in regards to the, the payments of all of this. So once you bounce <laughs> the payments, TJ, the fight bounces as well. So this is all but gone.
0: And again, if you're Triller, why are we advancing people money? before the fight, and I don't know what the contract says, but why are we advancing people money before the fight that hasn't happened yet? Then you get into the whole non-refundable thing. While we digress for a second, that's the Manny Pacquiao lawsuit with Paradigm Sports in LA who Uh says, hey, we gave you three-plus million dollars to make a fight with us that we wanted, with Mikey Garcia or whomever, and so now there's a whole dispute on, does he have to refund the three million back? Was the three million just a gift? Was it Was it a down payment? Was it an advance? What was it? So you got to be careful on, on paying people in advance uh, on this in the, in the boxing world. All right. So enough about all of that in the, uh, in the soap opera and uh, and the shenanigans from that. Um, Again, I'm, I'm interested uh, too, in, in all else that's going on, including in and around this uh, Charlo Castaño uh, showdown that's going to be happening PBC Showtime again the Charlos are from Houston this is in nearby San Antonio about 90 minutes away obviously Jermall Charlo won last month in June and he is WBC middleweight championship defense in the hometown in Houston. All right, so the first thing I'm interested in is what have the ticket sales been like? Will there be a big atmosphere in the home of the San Antonio Spurs? Does the does the Charlo bandwagon travel to the Alamo City or not here? Will there be 5,000? Will there be 10,000 there for Charlo and Cousins? We're interested to find all of this out, Marquis, Saturday night.
1: Absolutely, TJ. The, luck, the one saving grace about all of this is that they're, they're, they're f- having these fights back in San Antonio. And at this point, TJ, for especially with some of these PBC and Showtime cards, they've been pretty much regulars there at the Alamo Dome or wherever it's called this weekend. Uh, right. For the most part, they, they've had the Davis uh, fight flash with Santa Cruz there. They had a couple other fights as well during Canelo's the year. Canelo's fight
0: with, Cal- with Callum Smith was also just- at the Alamo Dome in September, to your point.
1: Yeah, so 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 low, low key, TJ. San Antonio's became the uh, fight mecca of, the, of 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 Texas for 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 better or for worse than this whole pandemic, and it's it's cool that they're having these fights in different locations. I know, uh, the, the, you mentioned later on that the uh, Jake Paul Tyrone Wooly nonsense, but it's happening yes. in Cleveland. But d- despite the main event being uh, farcical, the, there's actual fighters on the actual undercard that we're looking out for, like Amanda Serrano and such. So I, I, I see the strategy at this point, TJ, is to bring back boxing in, in different places they haven't been in a while, and. So far, it's working out, so I'm looking forward to seeing how this is going to look out on Saturday night.
0: Hey, so before we get back into Charlo Castanio and the betting odds on sportsgamblingpodcast.com since you mentioned it, Showtime yeah. did announce it will be a pay-per-view for mm-hmm. Jake Paul and the former MMA star Tyron Woodley, who's a former welterweight champion. Uh, they met with the media this week. Cleveland, Ohio, the home of the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're going to all the NBA arenas. Yeah. Uh, it's got a new name. It's what the Rocket Mortgage Field House now is what they call the downtown arena, yeah. uh, in Cleveland, of course. Jake Paul from Ohio. We we purposely do not mention he and his knucklehead brother very much on this podcast or on the website because, again, the these guys to me have been pulling the scam, have been pulling the con for the longest time. Uh, Jake Paul is again out there saying that he needs a few more fights to fight Canelo Alvarez. He's not getting anywhere near Canelo Alvarez, not now, uh, not ever uh, on this. So anyway, they did announce that uh, you mentioned uh, Charles Conwell's on the undercard, Amanda Serrano. There will be Uh some. Does it surprise you? I guess in the economic dynamic, they needed to be a pay-per-view where they're saying to Jake Paul in particular, if we get paid off the pay-per-view, you're going to get more money. And if not, you won't, as opposed to leaving it on regular showtime as a non-pay-per-view. What's your reaction?
1: I'm just confused, TJ, why this is actually a pay-per-view, just only, only from the showtime angle of it. Because at this point, TJ, especially with boxing at this point, toward the, towards the back end of this year, how many pay-per-views are they going to make these fights be behind? They, they, they mentioned before, mentioned at one point, I think we're on Big Fight weekend that Tank Davis wants to fight again. That's going to be on pay-per-view. Manny Pacquiao, Earl Spence, pay-per-view, Fury Wilder. Pay-per-view, Lomachenko Lopez, part two, pay-per-view. Guys, I don't know what country these folks are living in, but there's too many pay-per-views. So Joshua
0: Usyk, if it ever happens, pay-per-view over in the U.K. and in the U.S. on Well, it will be on DAZN in the U.S. Same thing with Canelo. uh, Well, you know, honestly, I still remember the contractual hang-up that Joshua's got one more fight that says Sky Sports and pay-per-view. And so – it may end up on DAZN in the U.S. or it may have to be a pay-per-view offering. I guess it would be on DAZN in the U.S., but it would be pay-per-view in the U.K. And again, their pay-per-views are usually about half or a third in cost of what the U.S. ones are uh, for right now for the British fight fans. But uh, again, I mean, one of the things I was, I was just struck by, and I promise we're getting back to Charlo Castaño in just a second and the, uh, the odds, is that here again, Jake Paul is fighting a non-boxer and mm-hmm. he is significantly bigger than this guy. Yeah, uh, you you saw them standing, uh, uh, you know, for the stare down, and he is at least two or three inches, three or four inches taller, at least twenty or thirty pounds heavier for this, and he's fifteen years younger. So, to those that are saying, uh, yeah, it's it's one thing for the Pauls to to get what they've gotten, they've conned it to this point. But this, again, looks like a size mismatch uh, here on purpose to, to kind of build him up. So it do, But it doesn't surprise me they're going the pay-per-view route because I can understand what Steven Espinoza, Showtime, and their economic uh, essential strategy is here, which is if this thing bombs, if this thing gets 50,000 pay-per-views because Jake Paul doesn't have the following that translates into buying it, then guess what, Jake? You're not, you're not making a guaranteed two mil, three mil, four mil. You're going to get a, a percentage of whatever we take in. And if you don't do your part, I totally understand that, Marquise, one more time.
1: Absolutely TJ And that's one of the things I'm trying to figure out With this whole strategy Where it's like They're, they're putting everything Behind this paywall I, At some point Someone's going to stop Paying for these fights TJ Right I, 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 either, either be this fight Or the next one I also want to mention as well There's also Canelo fight Down the way That's going to be on pay-per-view From somebody somewhere as well Right So it, it, it's, it, it's interesting How they're setting it all up I, I like the idea That they're at least They're making it A hometown fight Granted it's a like, And once again TJ As I say to you all the time Favorable opposition Because Tyrone Because <laughs> Woo- Tyrone willie Will- Will- looked like me Against Jake Paul And Jake Paul I think walks around on that 185 190 so it's not a good yeah but that that fight th- th- those fights are what they are and if they if they can keep up that charade i don't know how long people are going to keep paying for the charade but here very we are. true
0: and i believe it will run its course i believe it already has with logan paul i don't think there's yeah. going to be audience there for a future pay-per-view and this may be it for jake paul too because even if he wins and nobody buys it it's not going to be a pay-per-view audience for a guy uh, until he is fighting legitimate boxers and doing well against them, there won't be a pay-per-view audience again, over and over and over again, for him to fight, uh, you know, former basketball players like Nate Robinson, former amateur wrestlers like Ben Askren. I mean, there's YouTubers, just not going to be the market yeah. for that. We don't think. All right, so back to what we suspect will be a highly entertaining fight. You're already on the record earlier in this podcast as saying Jamel Charlo stops or knocks out Brian Castagno. And I believe he is highly motivated to have a spectacular win. We don't have under-over odds uh, for the Sports Gambling Podcast at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We don't have an under-over round uh, for this. I could see this venturing into like a ninth round, a tenth round and being a stoppage. But you believe he's going to get to Castanio much earlier, Marquis? Saturday night, San Antonio, Charlo?
1: I really do TJ and it's one of those things with Castaño where it's like he's a volume puncher but it's not a volume puncher that has like that knockout power per se where he didn't knock out the share but he threw like 2000 punches at him. Him <laughs> and Laura had a draw Amazing. they had they, they threw about 2000 punches as well I mean he, he's a volume guy it's, it's great. But at the end of the day, TJ, it, it only takes one shot to get knocked out. And I just think Charlo just has that in him more than anything else. And it, he's kind of fighting, not, not the right, right Castanio off here, but it, it's it's one of those things where I think just when when Charlo was as motivated, as I've seen him in, in these press conferences and these media calls with this, where it's like, I just think it's, it, the only enemy in this fight isn't Castanio in the ring once the bell rings, it's going to be Charlo. And I really just think that's just the way this is going to be at this. And it's fun, TJ, also as well with this fight as a whole where, Truth be told, I'm glad we're getting this undisputed fight, TJ, but we wouldn't get this fight if it wasn't for Dennis Hogan, because had we not had Jaime Mangia questionably get by Dennis Hogan a while back, he would still probably be at 154. And I don't think we see any of this. So it's, it's great that we have, we're having this fight nonetheless.
0: All right. And again, uh, in this case for Castanio 17, 0 one, the draw I came with Erislandy Lara, as you mentioned, back in March of 2019. Mm-hmm. He has since won twice. Uh, after that, beating uh, Wale Omotoso, if I got the name right, That's it. Uh, by stoppage. And then he beat Patrick Teixeira, upset Teixeira, and took the WBO World Championship back in February mm-hmm. of this year. Puts him in front of Jermel Charlo, who's 34-1 and with big knockout power. I know we talked about this before, about his brother, Jermall Charlo moving up to 160 uh, as he has. And yes, he is winning fights, but the knockout power hasn't really translated. But with Jermall Charlo, it has still been there that he's been scoring stoppages. You mentioned earlier in the podcast, the stoppage of Jason Rosario in the unified title fight in July of, uh, of um, this year or I'm sorry, in uh, September of last last year, year. that was a body shot KO. Fight before that, he stopped Tony Harrison in the rematch. Mm -hmm. Fight before that, he knocked out uh, Jorge Cota Cota. in the the non-title fight. So his power has continued to translate at 154. We'll see if that is the case. All right, again, on the gambling odds, Charlo minus 300 right now. Castanio plus 240. The Charlo knockout by the way, is plus two hundred for a a knockout or a TKO win for Jamel. Charles, are you interested in that for plus two hundred uh there for Jamel to get the, the the KO Saturday night?
1: For me, honestly TJ, the only money to really be made is if Charles gets a knockout in this. If this goes to the decision, everyone everyone goes home happy with five bucks. So I'm I'm hoping for the knockout. <laughs> That's just the way it goes with all of this. <laughs>
0: All right. Undercard. What are we looking for again on Showtime earlier in the evening? uh, The co-feature Raleigh Romero, Anthony, you get a lightweight showdown, a non-title lightweight showdown interest in that one from you. I am TJ uh, sign up for KOs Rolly Romero went to this, this, this final press conference
1: today, TJ uh, with the belt that he has for the w, w his WBA interim trinket version of a belt that he has. He, he came in, he came into the Toronto press conference with it. That's the only guy. It's hilarious. I'm looking forward to that. He, and also, uh, I mean, I take the fires what they're worth, but he mentioned he, he's going for a first round knockout. I don't know if that's smart on his end to say that, but he went he said it nonetheless. Gonna be kind of tough. Uh, uh, Anthony Viget, uh, not the not the most of known comp- op- opponents, but he is a southpaw, and most fights with, that involve southpaws are a little more tougher than one round. So,
0: <laughs> and also on this card, a little earlier in the evening, it may or may not be part of the Showtime broadcast from PBC Saturday night in San Antonio, uh, a Milcar Vidal Emmanuel. Emmanuel Alim, middleweights that will be fighting. And you're interested in Vidal in particular here to see how he looks. You're always interested in everybody, but you're particularly interested in how will Vidal look in this instance, right?
1: Absolutely, TJ. No, Vidal's the prospect. He's been on a few shows, some of these showbox cards, TJ. They're finally promoting him to the championship pro- uh, television stage here, and he's going to open the show up against uh, uh, a guy who hasn't fought since the pandemic, TJ. So uh, this is this all sets up for a highlight reel, knockout one way or another for Vidal, if, if, he, if, if, if this is the same Vidal I saw in previous fights.
0: Well, uh, you know, and again, we've got... Different, uh, different fight cards in different parts of the country. Uh, you know that are that are lesser. Some of them are now coming back in different places like Iowa, uh, etc. We mentioned in the Northeast in Philadelphia too. This is the biggest card, cha- the only championship That's fight card worthwhile anywhere in the country and really in the world. This weekend is long, this yeah. fight card, Jermell Charlo, and one more. For the legacy status, because again, we love Winky Wright, who defended the undisputed championship against the likes of Felix Trinidad, Sugar Shane Mosley. De La Jolla has been a junior middleweight world champ, not undisputed, but Floyd Mayweather's had it. You go, you go back to Thomas Hearns and and Ray Leonard having it, and Roberto Duran having a portion of the 154 pound title. There's some real legacy for Jamel Charlo and for Brian Castanio. He's a heavy underdog. There's some real legacy on the line here if you become four-belt world champion at 154.
1: Absolutely, TJ. And pretty much we we mentioned last week, how Charlo was talking about how he wanted to be part of this legacy and pretty much was trying to, you mentioned on the media calls, doing going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, it, it, he's, he's, he's trying to get to that echelon. And obviously, obviously TJ, with the names you just mentioned, that with the Four Kings and Mayweather at 154 being undisputed, if Charlo or Castanio wins there, they're going to be in that conversation without a question.
0: All right, we'll see if that is the case against San Antonio's AT&T Center. How big will the crowd be? What kind of atmosphere will they be rocking uh, on some Charlo big punches early on in this fight? We will all find out uh, together on that uh, for now. That about wraps it up. Our thanks to Abe Gonzalez, NewYorkFights.com for being with us. Always love the insight of Marquise Johns. Follow him at Week Sauce Radio on Twitter um and again whether it's the preview mode the recap mode marquise we have it all right on the website on bigfightweekend.com
1: absolutely tj bigfightweekend.com your source for all boxing news past present future we'll keep an eye out this weekend on this uh this showtime card out of san antonio thinking when we see some fireworks one way or another tj there better be fireworks this this is the only game in town this weekend so we'll see how that plays out and also if anything else that comes along the way i'm still waiting for that big fight announcement tj from eddie Hearn. uh we got the one fight announcement of uh The uh, Warrington Laura rematch, which has uh, Katie Taylor on the undercard facing uh, El Paso's own Jennifer Hahn, who hasn't fought in two years and uh, for but is the IBF mandatory opponent for. So, but we'll keep an eye on all that stuff. But maybe we'll get bigger fight announcements, TJ, from Eddie Hearn. Hopefully next week. We should
0: we should make mention (laughs) again while we wait for uh, you know the Wilder Fury is now delayed. We wait for Canelo's deal to get made for Mm -hmm. September. That we have now completed week six. Since we kept <laughs> hearing, we will ha- we will have an announcement next week on Joshua <laughs> Usyk. And is everybody going to start coming on board with all of us that you really shouldn't listen to anything Eddie Hearn says, he says. especially <laughs> about the long range future? Because obviously they don't have a deal with Usyk that he wants or else they would have announced it by now. Uh, six weeks and counting and it doesn't count and it doesn't matter that he keeps. And I keep uh, saying it. He keeps saying September 25th, mate, September 25th. I say this every week on the podcast. He's saying that, Usyk's side is not saying that the fight is not official for the venue, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. You can't go buy tickets. It's not official yet. And we believe, as we wrap up the podcast here, it's because of the rematch clauses, and Usyk is more concerned probably with what happens when I win over Joshua. What am I obligated to? What am I going to make? Where can we have that fight? They haven't agreed. There's no official announcement. They have not agreed to that fight and meanwhile, Anthony Joshua continues to play video games and uh, tweet about England in the Euro Cup soccer final with Italy and whatever else he's got going on. While we wait for this, so
1: and it, and of it. course, TJ eating up a uh, very spicy food on a uh, hot ones on YouTube and all, all that fun stuff. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous.
0: But, but we will but, have but, an announcement <laughs> next week. Next week is week seven uh, for uh, Joshua Usick to maybe happen or not. And Fury again, we should make mention. Fury Wilder now set for October. Marquise believes. In all likelihood, it never happens. Even, a, are you? What a downer. What They got to strip him. They got to strip him. If, yeah. if this starts to progress and that's what it looks like happens, then Tyson Fury has done it again after the Klitschko win back five, six years ago where he went off the deep end and he lost all the belts because they just said, we got tired of waiting on you and you're stripped and you're gone and you're vacated. That's it. That's what you're going to have to do in this case if he doesn't want to pony up and show up and be there for October let him go fight whatever garbage fight let him go fight Anthony Joshua if they want to do that and and fall call it the undisputed championship Yeah, uh, even though he's not the the WBC champion any longer I don't know So in any event, we've we've done enough damage for now. We thank you for being with us. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Thank you to the Sports Gambling Podcast and uh, Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, all those guys with their network of shows, the sportsgamblingpodcast.com website for helping promote us. Subscribe away. We'll see what happens with Charlo and Castanio. We're writing about it this weekend in the recap mode, especially when it's done. And we're back next week for another edition of the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy Charlo Castanio and read the website, bigfightweekend.com. Bye.